0: Good afternoon, and hope you're having an awesome day and Yerushalayim. I thought I'd get the podcast out a little early today, especially considering what's happening in Yerushalayim as we speak, so that our learning could be in the merit of safety and security for our people in Yerushalayim today. I want to share with you a beautiful insight from the DAF this morning, Yuma 29A, that I think could really enhance our celebration and appreciation of Yom Yerushalayim, the day that commemorates the reunification of Jerusalem and our control over the Old City in the aftermath of the amazing June 1967 Six-Day War. You know, especially for a guy like me who was born six years after that, I kind of take it for granted how huge this was, as I have only ever lived in a world where Yerushalayim and the Kotel were something that I could freely just visit not appreciating that for literally thousands of years they were nothing more than a longing and a dream for the jewish people now to understand the insight i'm about to share you have to stick with me through a few background pieces of information so one of the things discussed in today's daf is based on a verse in tehillim and psalms where the torah makes a comparison between the migilada stair the story that we read on purim and the beginning of the morning and the talmud asks How so? What's the comparison? And then goes on to explain that just as the beginning of the morning brings the end to the night, so too, Megillat Esther, is the end of the time period for miracles. Now, as we've said before, When the Talmud makes comparisons, they do it in a way that requires study and thought. They're not casual comparisons. Why is it that way is for another time? But just as we say, never judge a book by its cover, the discipline of Torah study is such that one always has to read between the lines to decode what is being said as part of our transmission. But right off the bat, there is a big question that is asked by all the commentaries about the nature of this comparison between Megillatistere and The Morning. See, if you think about it for a second, the end of the night brings along the day. And day always represents full clarity, hope, and understanding. While it's nighttime in Jewish thought, that always represents darkness, potential for doubt, and the need for faith in a world that seems really scary. And if that's so, then they ask, why is it that the end of the period of open miracles is compared to the start of the day? That should be compared to the start of the night when we don't see open miracles of God. It's a time that we are, shall we say, left in the dark. It's a great question. And as we've said before on this podcast, if there is a great question, it means there is an even greater idea and answer that's waiting to be uncovered. And the answer is perhaps based on the following beautiful teaching by Rav Moshe Shapiro. See, to understand this Gemara and this comparison, one really needs to understand the Jewish perspective on miracles. See, often we think, wow, miracles, those are awesome. But the truth is that miracles in Jewish thought are compared to by the Mornavochim, by the Rambam, to lightning bolts on a dark, stormy night. Namely, when you can't see anything and you're losing your way, then you need this strong bolt of light to illuminate the darkness, even if just for a few moments. But if not for that, you live in darkness and confusion. However, there's a much greater level of existence. There is a time when lightning bolts of inspiration and miracles aren't necessary to see things. When is that? Well, when it's daytime, when you see everything clearly the way that it just is. Let me give you one more analogy, actually from yesterday before we close this thought. Like we said on Mother's Day, the goal of Mother's Day is not that we remember those big amazing things that she might have done out of the ordinary, those lightning bolts of goodness that happened. Of course we appreciate those. But the greatness of moms is that just about every second of every day, they are there for us and behind us taking care of everything we need. If you think about it for a second, it's as clear as day. So now let's go back to our question. Why is it that the story of Esther, which is the closing of the time period of open miracles, compared to daytime, isn't it a bad thing that we don't have sea-splitting moment miracles anymore? The answer in Judaism is a resounding no. We don't want to live in a world where we feel in the dark and once in a while a nature-defying miracle gives us hope. It is much better to live in a world where you see the miraculous in the everyday because it's right there in front of you. And where do we see that more than anywhere? In Jewish history. Yom Yerushalayim is a perfect example of that. What are the odds that after 2,000 years, Jerusalem would be back in our hands? If you study the history of the Six-Day War, what were the chances that we would end up with Israel intact, let alone victorious and expanded? Were there any plagues that came from heaven? Earth that opened up and swallowed up our enemies who tried to wipe us into the sea? Nope. There wasn't anything in specific to put in the Book of Miracles. Why? Because Israel is not about a specific miracle. It's all just one big everyday miracle. It's all morning. What happened in 67? How much has happened over the past 55 years? And what will please God happen in the future? We're not living in dark times with occasional miracles. If you're looking carefully, we're living in the brightest days of Jewish history where everywhere we can turn and see the miraculous. Yom Yerushalayim reminds us that God doesn't simply do miracles, but rather we ourselves are the miracle. And on that note, wishing you an awesome Yom Yerushalayim may be one of safety and security for all, and I look forward to seeing you tomorrow.